Hello and welcome to today's episode of Do Good and Do Well. How are you today? I am super excited because I am talking to Viv Guy. Viv is someone I met when I was on a business coaching program and she is an energetic, brilliant human. She describes herself as an international without socials marketing mentor and a number one podcast host. Viv supports entrepreneurs to scale to five to take eight months, and this is the important bit, without marketing on social media, while increasing their marketing return of investment by, she says, a whopping 4,300% in the process. Viv has a number one podcast called Marketing Without Social Media. And she has 19 years experience in business and marketing strategy, having set up her first seven figure business at the age of 22. And you will hear that story and how she has become someone who supports people to market their businesses without social media. So in this episode, we talk about Viv's story. uh, And I think a lot of the feelings around social media will resonate for some of you. We talk about ways to build our audiences, our communities without having to use social media and how we can, even if you do want to use it, be a bit more intentional in the way you use it. We also talk about what do good and do well means to you and have a conversation about slowing down and being present and connecting with integrity with people. So there's a whole load of stuff in here. I hope you find it useful. As always, get in touch and let me know what you think about these conversations. Enjoy. Hello, Viv, and welcome to Do Good and Do Well. How are you today? I'm really well, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, you're welcome. I was just having a quick look on your website, actually, and I saw that you have chickens, hens. I do. I do. Um, for years. Well, not the same lot for years, but <laughs> we, we rotate. We, we rescue hens. So we rescue them from, you know, when they're about 21 months old from slaughter. So we, we save them before they get shipped off and bring them here to free range around our huge we call it the paddock huge garden oh that's nice we we used to have chickens but then one day the fox came yeah we did have a fox problem the chickens it was the same day that my cat had a mini stroke and my daughter was about nine weeks old and um and yeah we call it the day of the massacre because we just had this cat kind of wobbling around in the kitchen (laughs) And then we looked outside, we were like, oh, oh no. the chickens. But yeah, anyway, I haven't brought you on here to talk about chickens. Or, <laughs> but I could talk about them all day because I think they're just wonderful and everyone should have oh, them. Yeah, they, <laughs> they are. are such characters. Um, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? I sure can. Um, I'm Viv Guy. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something that not a lot of people know. I'm originally from Yorkshire and I live in Lancashire, the whole War of the Roses. <gasps> if anyone <laughs> understands that, you've got to be a northerner to probably understand the War of the Roses. <laughs> if you're like, anyone international be like, what are you talking about, War of the Roses? <laughs> um, yes. Um, so I, I live in rural Lancashire and I run a, a business uh, supporting other businesses, service-based businesses to market without social media. Um, that's my big passion, my big love. I'm sure we're going to talk more about why I do that uh, as we, we get into today's conversation. Um, yeah, and I've been in business for 19 years now. 19 years. Gosh, that makes me feel old. And in fact, when I started my first business, there was no social media. How old am I really? <laughs> it, <exists. laughs> it wasn't there. It wasn't a thing, which is why I kind of ended up marketing without social media now and it's a really weird story actually um do you want me to share that yeah of course yeah really weird because I I had my first business for 12 years which was entirely sort of uh, as my parents always said I was blessed with the gift of the gab so it actually (laughs) I just spoke to people and got a lot of work and built a lot of relationships through 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 that and built a seven-figure business over those 12 years um and then I decided there was a lot of bureaucracy. You know, I, I, I was a creative. I started the business to be creative and ended up kind of doing all the bureaucracy and stuff because we were a specialist, built a specialist college for young adults with disabilities, blah, 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 blah. And so we ended up with Ofsted and all of that stuff. And I was like, I'm yeah. bored. It's all bureaucratic. You know, it's a big team. I had a big team and it, I'd, I'd lost the love truly for what I wanted to do, which was work with young people directly hands-on today. And, and I was ha- start talking about having a family and so I was like, I'm going to go back to my creative roots. I'm going to do something creative. So I'm going to do photography. I was like that. Yes, no bureaucracy. Da, da, da. So I uh, had my, my my first daughter and at the same time decided I'm going to set up a photography business. And so started just dabbling in every genre possible of photography because I was like, I don't know what genre I want to niche in. Mm. So I did everything and tried to market everything, which was really difficult. And at that time, I'd never run an online business. Social media was obviously there now. And everyone, so I looked online because I'd I'd worked with with a coach for years uh, in my first business. And everyone was like, you need to be on social media. You have to be, you have to be. It was the must have, you know, all of those words that I (laughs) just don't like using. So I was like, okay, well, everyone said I must be, so I'll be on social media. And I wasn't really a social media user. I'm not that generation that kind of grew up with, with, you know, a third limb being a phone. (laughs) We used to have, you know, landlines (laughs) that your mum would kind of be on the other extension, listening to to your boyfriend and see what was going on and stuff. You know, that's kind of where where I grew up. So didn't have my my first mobile photo was about 20. Yeah. So social media was not a thing for me. I only went onto Facebook because my sisters both moved to Australia and we were like, we'll share photos and things like that. And then Mm. stopped doing that, went to WhatsApp eventually. So yes, I wasn't a big social media user. So it was all alien and new to me. And I started using it. And then you know, I'd had a massive change in my life. Gone, you know, I'd gone from running this business, being the CEO, seven figures, da, da, big team, to being like brand new to business again because it was a totally different type of business. And for some reason, I never thought of, I don't know, doing it the way I'd done it the first time. I was just like, well, everyone says now, times have changed. It's 12 years later. <laughs> yeah, I've got up. to kind of follow, yeah, catch up, follow <laughs> suit, go with the times. It's online, da, 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 da. So I just thought, well, I've got to do the social media thing. And I, I just never liked it from the word go. And I 
you know, I I was kind of having a bit of an identity crisis or whatever you might call it, you know, after having a baby and all of that kind of stuff. New business, still learning what it was doing, unsure, lacking confidence. So I was listening to other people out there as turning to the, the so-called experts. And then I got stuck in the scroll hole that is social media because, hello, it's addictive. And so I would be just on it all the time, you know, supposedly working, but actually just comparing myself to other people and feeling (laughs) crap about myself. Like, oh my God, I'm terrible. Look at all these amazing people out there. Why am I not doing this? Why is my business not working like this? Um, You know, and it was really hard. Mm. So I, so yeah, so I, I, Got into the whole social media, you know, you must market. It's the only way, only way. This is what everything I was hearing. It's the only way to market a business now. Um, And yeah, it was not doing me any favors. I wasn't feeling good about myself. I did become addicted to social media. And I, but I stuck at it. I stuck at it. Mondays used to be my scheduling day, you know, on whatever platform I was using back then, Hootsuite or something. And um and I could literally cry every Monday because I hated it. I just hated having to think about all this stuff that nobody felt it felt like nobody was seeing. I didn't feel like I was having a conversation with anybody who was hearing me. You know, when you kind of think like, I feel like I'm shouting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and nobody's hearing me. And, and kind of going, I'm good. I'm good at what I do. Please buy my thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was, it was hard. It was horrible. And it was hard. And I was like, I'm a failure. And yeah, you know, so much doubt because I'd built a, a very successful business the first time. And I was like, that, what, you know, was it a fluke? What am I doing wrong? Da, da, da. All of that. So much doubt. Um, and then, yeah. And then, so I, I went through that for a while, oh, you know, and now I look back and I go, God, give yourself a break. You were like, you had an under one year old <laughs> newborn. <laughs> Massive transition, life change, everything, having a child, changing careers, da, da, da. Uh, learning all these new genres of photography and dabbling and experimenting and playing and trying to master, you know, the online world. So it was so hard on sleep deprivation, I'll, I'll add, because my children did not sleep as babies. I was not that lucky. So, yeah. So I look back now and go, oh, God, I was so, so mean, so hard, to, hard on myself. Uh, but I, I pushed on and then I hired a coach who was all about social media <laughs> that wasn't that was not a good move hadn't realized that basically the coaching was pay for ads grow your audience to a thousand and then you'll be you'll be great so I spent a lot of money doing that and it was a total bomb um it didn't work and not the best coach in fact the worst coach ever I invested <laughs> in uh, and I've worked with a lot of coaches but I can categorically say that was the worst coach I ever worked with and not just about the ads just actually not a great coach, not really kind of sort of tapping into what, what feels good for you, what's right for you, none of the yeah. questions that we should be asking. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I was heavily pregnant with my second child because, yes, I had them in quick succession. And then when my my youngest was born, I was like, right, I'm just going to rebrand this whole thing. I'm going to get a, a website done, a new website, da, da, da. And I'm really going to kind of go all in on this now and knuckle down because I've had two babies. I'm done with the babies now. I can kind of start to focus. So I was working with a brand designer. And again, I was like that. I'm going to do newborns and babies and weddings and boudoir photography and personal branding. And it was really difficult when it got to actually thinking about how we were going to market that Was I going to have multiple social media platforms, all this stuff? And, you know, it's confusing messaging. And so we went really far down this route of like pretty close to the website being done. And then I just went, I think I'm just going to ditch everything 
because my true love now I've discovered is personal brand photography. And so I did. And so I ended up niching in personal brand photography and everything changed for me. And again, I was still on social media at this point, but I grew that business really quickly. And I grew it to, um, I think I had my first 5K profit month within 10 weeks of that, that rebrand, that launch. Um, and so that was totally the right thing. But again, I was still on social media, but not loving it. And that year, I then worked with another coach, Joe Hooper. Um, her business is called Mad and Sad Club. And she was just what I needed at a time where, yes, my business was going well. I was getting clients, da, da, da. But I still had this whole, I don't like social media and I'm not really sure where I'm going. So I worked with Joe, and she just, it felt like she gave me permission to do what I needed to do. And I didn't leave social media at that point, but it opened me up to the possibilities of not having to do what everybody else tells me I have to do. Mm. And I think that's what I needed at that moment. And that started me then on a journey. I then started getting people, other photographers saying, wow, you built this business really quickly. How did you do it? And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I kind of did some like power, power hour coaching sessions and things like that. And then I was working with the most amazing women through the brand photography, all kind of rebels. I always attracted rebels <laughs> and they would call themselves rebels, uh, you know, who didn't really fit into, you know, a certain sort of bracket within their own niches and within their own uh, industries. And they were like, I don't fit any of those. So I'm I'm a kind of a new entity of my own right. And, you know, and I'm unique and I'm a rebel. I want to do things differently and shake things up. And I think that obviously this is, you know, this whole energy I was obviously putting out and I wasn't there yet with the whole let's do it without social media. But obviously there was something in me saying, we've got to own and be who we want to be. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really weird now. You look back and go, that's totally who I was, but I don't think I realized it at the time. But I was really attracting these people on some subconscious level. And they were amazing. But again, having the conversations with these really amazing women, a lot of them who were mums, about the stresses of marketing and social media and da, 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 and how, you know, a lot of them built businesses on word of mouth and through the gift of the gab. And then we're mm. like, oh, now to make it sustainable, I've got to bring in more leads to grow my business. Da, da, da. So I'm doing the whole social media, but it's a constant like churn and battle and energetic drain. So this was all kind of happening. And then I started working with another coach because I was like, do you know what? I think my passion here is really helping people. I've always helped people. It's been what I did. Did the did the photography, loved it. But I was like, do I see myself doing this for the rest of my life? No. I see myself back to really wanting to support other people who were stuck and feeling like I was feeling. And that was the big thing. So it was all very organic. It was a process and a journey. You know, if you kind of go, I wish I'd finished that first business and gone straight to this one. But I don't <laughs> think I would have been at this business without having yeah. that journey. Or I know it wouldn't be. Yeah. So yeah, so then I was like, right, well, I'm going to I'm going to start coaching. I'm going to go all in on the coaching. So I hired, hired a coach, Greg Fax. And it was a massive investment. It was like £11,000, which I did not have. But I was like, I've worked with coaches before. I know the power of coaches. I'm going to make this money back. So I, I, I hired Greg Faxon. And interestingly, Greg was not on social media. He didn't market himself as a coach that helped people without social media he would help people market in the way that was right for their archetypes Mm. and actually for me he was like social media could be great for you because you're a salesperson archetype oh well I hated it I just still was battling doing the whole I'm you know I'm on lives but videos and and I'm just talking to nobody I feel like I'm having conversations with nobody it just never felt genuine and real even if you were having chats with people on 
comments threads and things it just it, I just it didn't feel good but I kept persevering for a while and I said to Greg I, I just want to get off social media so it's like well let's kind of think about a, an escape plan an exit plan a strategy for you so we started talking about it um, and what was interesting was Greg had entirely left social media as in deleted all his profiles had no presence on there at all and his all his his lead gen came from blogging. That was where his kind of leads came from. Mm-hmm. And I know actually I've just read his annual review. He's now thinking he needs to do something else because he's feeling maybe burnt out with blogging after years of it. But it's been hugely successful for him. And those blogs will work forever after for him mm-hmm. uh, if he keeps tweaking them. So, yes, yeah, so I was working with Greg. And interestingly, during that time, I was still attract. I started attracting people who were coming to me saying, it was all around marketing support. But again, I hadn't specified I'm without social media, but I was having lots of people saying, I just don't like social media. Is there a way I could do this without social media? So I was like, well, of course there is. Collaborations and da da da. Um, and so again, it evolved. And I think this is sounding really woo for me, but the universe gave me what I needed. <laughs> and actually when I was having those people come to me saying, I, I want to do this without social media. And there was me showing them how to do it without social media. And then it got to a point and actually working with, with Gemma Gilbert, who we both worked with. Mm. And Gemma was like, your message is just a bit weak. You know, you're either in or you're out of social media, but you can't really be there and not there. And, you know, and I was like, you know, you're really right. And she was like, what's stopping you? And I was like, all the years of being conditioned by people saying you must be, you have to be. <laughs> and even though, and, and I, I remember sitting down and saying to my husband, I've just had a realization. And he went, what's that? I said, I built a seven-figure business without social media. Why has it taken me until now to realize that I can actually do this business without any social media? And it was like, I don't know why it had taken me, what, four, three years, three years it was, to come up from with that, that revelation. And I just, yeah, so it was all little steps to get me there. And that was that moment that I went, yeah, I just need to go. And a week later, I was gone off social media mm. um so that that's a very long who am i and you can <laughs> sure as can hell edit some of that down but that is that is the story that is how i ended up where i am today and doing what i do and i'm so passionate now about helping other businesses because there are so many people who come to me and they say if you really like i just didn't even think that was a thing because where do we look to when we leave our corporate careers or wherever we've come from we look to where we're already familiar. So our community, which is social media usually. So you start going, okay, well, I'm just going to start following threads. And, you know, what is it? A lot of the people that are on social media, the coaches have built successful businesses via social media, but they did it five, 10 plus years ago when the algorithm and the reach and everything was so different. Organically to do it on social media now, they're not saying, hey, nobody's really publicizing hey actually you know organically on social media is not going to do it for you now they're all kind of like I built my successful business on social media you can too this is what you have to do and it's not working for people and I you know I I am I truly believe that social media is the culprit for the demise of a lot of small businesses that have the potential to be amazing businesses and really put a lot of goodness out into the world and I think those people are kind of shutting up shop and saying, I'm just going to go get a I'm going to say, proper job here in like one years, um, you know, because it's not working because they've just tried to market on social media. Mm. And I think this, yeah, I, I, this is a whole TEDx talk in here, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> How social media is the demise of the small business. <laughs> so much of what you said 
really resonates and I think you know these are some of the conversations I'm having with my clients as well which is why I was like I need to get Viv on the podcast (laughs) because it's such a I think there is a conditioning and there is a um, sense that marketing has to be this way or that way and our businesses are so nuanced and we all have such different lives and we all have different relationships with social media and and there's nothing more off-putting than feeling like you should be doing something. And I think that can really slow us down and mm-hmm. can cut off our imagination and creativity around what yeah. else is possible. And I think, you know, as you're talking, I'm, you know, thinking about my own story as well. And I like I do like social media. I think there can be some real positives to it, mm-hmm. but I also absolutely hate it at the same time. Yeah. Like, I, I think there are real ethical issues around social media. I think it is addictive. I was thinking about my daughter, actually, because she is desperate for... She's not fussed about Facebook. I think Facebook for that generation is like... Yeah. That's like for old, old people. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, TikTok, Snapchat, that kind of thing. And she's... De- she's 12 coming on to 13 and kind of keep saying can I have it can I have it and I'm like no 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 you can't have it but then she sees me Mm. and I mean I tried TikTok I I tried it for about two months and I was like no don't want to be here (laughs) I'm not doing that but you know she sees that I'm using but I have to be really I try and be really clear with her and say the reason I use social media, and I don't use it personally as much now, but it's mostly for the business. It's mostly there. Mm. You know, I have my podcast, which obviously isn't social media, but then I use social media to yeah. promote the podcast. <laughs> um, but, you know, having to be really clear with her and saying, like, I'm using this really intentionally. Mm. I'm only going on it for a certain amount of time a day, you know, but I have to be so boundaryed with it because it's so easy, as you say, to get into that scrolling and that comparison of, oh, my God, mm. that person over there, they're doing the same thing as me and they seem to be so much more successful look at all the clients they've got look at the income they're bringing in yeah. they look so <laughs> they look so happy I tend to like delete people like that now because it's yeah. just too painful. Not good, too triggering. <laughs> yeah. Comparisons that uh, is the thief of joy, as they say. Yes. And um, so I, I think what I took from your story there is that is that seeking your own counsel. You had this thing like I don't like social media. I don't want to be on social media, and it took you to work with someone who heard you and said well that's okay <laughs> you don't have yeah. to and then yeah. and then that you know the it it started to become much clearer for you you got clarity around that but if we don't listen to what we want in our businesses and if we're constantly thinking about what other people are saying we should be doing mm. the noise is just too much and yeah we're not able to that's a bit of a coachy like show up as ourselves we're not authentic because we're trying to be somebody else we're trying to be the other person because oh I should be on Twitter or Facebook or whatever but it's really hard even when you realize that that's not the right path for you to break away from that isn't it because we look at our peers you know 
and we look at what other people are doing and how difficult is it to break break away from what is the societal norm yeah. you know and, yeah. and, and I, I, I've been reading I, I love Claire Pooley and the Sober Diaries and I've been reading it for dry January again uh, I've read it before and I you know and I was thinking about this you know how you know like like drinking is such a a norm in society and if you don't drink you know at weddings and parties and things you kind of people look at you differently and I think it's all and you don't want to be like that you know it's, it's within our genetic coding mm. isn't it from the days of saber-toothed tigers and things that we want to we, we need to fit in and so even though your intuition is saying this is not right you know and Martha Beck says it in the way of integrity you know your your whole physical being is is saying no however it's still really hard to do things differently and to actually say no, I, I, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna be the the like the exception to the rule here. Yeah, and also because I, you know, I there's something about not wanting to miss out, like that mm. that feeling of well, if I'm not connected with someone on social media, then I might miss an opportunity. I might not see. So it's not. I don't think it's just about that. You know, promoting what no, we no. do and, and selling our services, as it were. But but also about you know the opportunities mm. that are out there. And yeah, I mean, I I I suppose maybe if I was a listener now, I'd be thinking, well, this is all very well. <laughs> but, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but what can I do that's not on social media? So. Um, can you kind of share a couple of ways that you are you have built your business without using it? Yeah. So before I share this, I just want to say, you know, there are different marketing archetypes and figuring out your marketing archetype is going to be the, the best way for you to figure out what's the right sort of strategies or to give you the guidance around what might be the right strategies for you. Um, so there's three different archetypes. So there's the salesperson or persuader. I, I sometimes people have a bit of a negative sort of connotation with with salesperson. So persuader, they're quite persuasive. There's the maven, so thought leader, and there is the the connector. Um, so this is the person who has that you know you know that friend that you've got that just knows everybody and is always out and always like has a million like engagements in the diary. That's the connector who knows everybody. Yeah. Um, so. So they're the three archetypes. So depending on on your archetype, your personality, your natural personality, you know, there are going to be different strategies that work for you. And so I'm not going to say like, this is the strategy. The strategy that works for me is very much around collaboration. Okay. For some people, they're like that. Oh my gosh, that's just like the thought of speaking to other people is horrendous. You know, and, and Greg Faxon, he's a maven. Blogging was his like thing. He's a real thought leader. He could sit, you know, didn't have to connect with other people. Very, you know, I, I suppose I think maybe he's an introvert as well. So depending sort of on your personality type, it's about finding what's right for you. Mm. But borrowing other people's audiences so tapping into other people's audiences is the fastest way to grow your own audience like hands down blogging takes time it takes time for you know the the, the search engines and the bots to to kind of find it all and kind of put, rank you and then you need to be ranking in like one to three for it to actually be effective as a lead gen strategy so you know that that does take time 
And I'm saying, you know, that's a great longer term strategy. But right now there's ways to borrow other people's audiences. Mm -hmm. And that does not mean you have to be going in and guest speaking at all. You could have a freebie. You could have a blog. You could have something that you just want to share, a workshop, whatever it might be, a a book, an ebook that you just can email people and say, hey, I've got this thing. Like, let's, you know, I think there's real common ground. (laughs) Let's have a like conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's one on one. So this is the difference, you know, as, as an introvert, I think, you know, people think I've got to speak to a big crowd you know it's it's a one-on-one kind of having a coffee with someone a virtual coffee and saying like I think we could help each other out here you know I think we've got something that could be of real value to one another's audiences to really help uh, you know be in service to the people that are in our in our worlds Um, and at the same time helping our businesses in that process so sharing stuff that you already have is a really really great way and if you don't have the stuff create something and the beauty there is you know social media think about you're on a constant content creation churn day after day after day you have to create 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 you know the beauty of collaborations is you can create one awesome opt-in per month for example or free course or resource or whatever it might be and you can share that with 50 however many people and they can share it with their audiences so suddenly your reach is like you know it 10 times is your 10 times is times your reach is 10 times greater (laughs) (laughs) by doing that than it is say on social media where we know that the algorithms are just not allowing your content to be seen you know it's a pay to play machine now Mm. so you know organic marketing there are other ways um and i i i've i've shared a free guide with you that's got 21 different ways to collaborate uh in order to to fill your client roster if you're a service-based business yeah yeah i'll put that in the show notes i was just thinking that as you were talking then the thing i really like about collaboration and that idea of kind of leveraging other people's audiences is that if you, if you get the right people you can have really transparent conversations about that because i think i think yeah. There's such a sense that marketing has, you know, we're manipulating in some way. And what I really love is to be able to have a conversation with someone to say, how can we, and I have these quite regularly, like how can we support others and how can we each grow each other's businesses or support each other to, you yeah. know, to, to, and I've done that a few times on with podcast guests and, or, you know, even if there's something about going in and delivering a workshop to a much wider network, I'm also very transparent with that to say, you know, this is really great. And, you know, I love connecting with all these people and it's great for me because I'm bringing a whole load of new other people into my community who, may want to work with me at some point I run a um a kind of every so often a free workshop for people and I know you do you do too mm. and I think one of the things that really has seemed to work is me saying I'm running this workshop because I want to help you know I want to kind of give something here and I'm going to be really transparent sometimes people want to work with me um and you know pay for my services and people when I first thought that I was like oh people gonna think that I'm really terrible and like a really bad human (laughs) being and oh but actually the response has been I really like that you're upfront about that and so I think you know with any of these things off social media or even on social media that that sense of transparency and just being really open and honest and having a sense of integrity about it 
and positive intention. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but I think that is what was sort of coming up in my head. Yeah, and I think, you know, you're absolutely right that (laughs) we do want to help other people's audiences, but we want to serve ourselves in the process because it's the only way to have a sustainable business is to grow and make money and sell. You know, and I was listening to to your podcast episode with Lysandra, you know, and it was talking about boundaries and things. And, you know, we are still businesses. We do have to make money in in the process, you know, and I have such a, a large amount of people that say to me, you know, in my audience, like you give so much value and so much for free. And I don't have an issue with that. You know, I always said I wanted to give as much away as free as as possible because there are people that will still want help implementing it. You know, I can give everything away and there will still be, you know, and I'm that person that I, (laughs) you know, I just want someone, even though it's all there and available and I could listen to it on YouTube or podcasts, I'm still going to be want, want to have a conversation with a real person saying like, you know, talk me through this and help me apply this to my business. And that's where yeah. the difference is, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, so... you can get somewhere quicker as well, I think. I've just, oh, written, totally. a blo- I've just written a blog about that, about kind of why you, why you would invest. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. easy for me to say because, you know, part of this is about me wanting people to invest in me. But sure. the, it, you do end up getting places quicker because, yes, we're all, we're all um, capable. We're, you know, you're really capable. You're really resilient resourceful you can figure it out but actually having someone alongside of you that can help you implement and help you to help point out your blind spots as well and this is it as 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 business owners you know we we we're in our bubbles you know and it's hard to sometimes see what we're missing isn't it you know like you say those blind spots and I think that's Mm. so you know the, the absolute value of having someone from outside of your company and business come in and actually sort of work with you and support you because they see the things that you don't see necessarily. And that's, Mm. that's what's awesome. And that's what gets you there a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One of my questions that I ask everybody is the name of this podcast. What does do good and do well mean for you? And I'm really interested in your viewpoint on this. Yeah. I've been, I've been mulling this one over for a couple (laughs) of days. Um, It's, it's interesting Um, for me, do good is very much around you know I think there's a lot of we're in a society we're in a world where there's a lot of taking consumerism you know and not just consumerism but we're so self-absorbed I think and so busy these days that we forget sometimes to think about others and this sounds awful doesn't it I sound like I'm poo-pooing society (laughs) in the world but we're busy. We're very busy human beings now. You know, we are so busy. And so I think we forget to to do good sometimes and just and see good. So do good to me is around taking that time to to support people, you know, and as a business owner, how can we give more, do more, you know, and do good and what does that look like as a business owner and to me that's you know serving and giving value and you know if someone emails me replying you know with something like thought out and and genuine and I know you know we could say yes but automations but you know what if someone's taken that time to write and say like help me I don't just want to fob them off by saying, hey, yes, you can buy my course for X thousand pounds. <laughs> so, so yeah, so do good to me is, is taking that time to do, to put some good out in the world. Um, I do think there's karma, you know, I do believe in karma. So it's about 
using your gifts, using your skills and slow, you know, your word this year is slowing, slow, isn't it? Or slow. Yeah. My word is slow. Yeah. And, and I think it is that thing that we, we need to slow down to do more good sometimes. And it was a quote, uh, one of my, um, old coaches use which was slow down to speed up which is all around like your business and life and I do think that's the case and I think to do more good sometimes we need to slow down and just look around and I think this is why social media is so fast isn't it so instant yeah instant gratification. we forget to actually take time and you know have conversations with people check in you know I went to get my fish at the fishmongers the other day uh, I had not been for, for a few weeks you know, and I ended up there for like 20 minutes while he was really sharing about like how he's really struggling because his dad's very unwell and da da da, you know. And and they're the things that with our our world and our society where everything's online and delivered to your door, and you don't have the conversations with people. And I think doing good is really around, yeah, I think it's around conversations and and mm. just slowing down and, and spending more time with people for real in real life, you know. That's really yeah. vague answer. No, but that I was what that. I got to. I love yeah. that. I mean, what? Yeah, there's something about slowing down, being more present. Yeah, having conversations with people, connecting with others. Connecting. You know, those those micro moments of connection feel. What's the word? Real? Maybe yeah. I don't know if that's what word, but I, and I love because I think sometimes we think about this doing good in terms of changing the whole world you know we see so so often the people I work with see real social injustice and and of course they want they have these very ambitious missions because we want to be work you know what yeah. we, we kind of want that but also that can feel quite heavy and mm. challenging let's say yeah so really bringing it back to the micro and we are social beings and we do need that connection. And I think that, you know, I love what you were saying about collaboration earlier, because I think particularly if you're a freelance business, you're someone who, you know, might sit in their office on their own quite a lot. Yeah. That finding your allies, finding your people who share the same values or similar values to you, who care about the stuff that matters to you. Mm. It's so important to invest time in those conversations and and not, you know, it'd be easy to do that only in, on social media. And I think it can just feel a bit top level. Mm. Maybe there's not enough depth. I don't know. I don't um, think there's enough depth. And I think this is the thing that's missing from social media, you know, to be you think about when you have a conversation and you kind of, you know, when someone says, hey, how are you doing? You're like, yeah, I'm good. But then you have a conversation for 10 minutes and actually you're not good. You know, like <laughs> the fishmonger. <laughs> and he's like yeah. that, you know, basically in tears, like my dad's really poorly, blah, 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 you know, really mm-hmm. struggling, da, da, da. And, and that, you know, on social media, what is it? It's everyone's highlight reels, you know? And yes, I know some people are vulnerable and will share like maybe what's going on, but really, not often not to the degree that we do when we have a real conversation Mm. and like you say so I think there's more depth there and I you know and this is what's missing and there's there's so much research out there around how people have thousands of friends hundreds of thousands of friends on social media friends but actually they are you know depressed and and rates of depression and loneliness and social isolation are so Mm. prevalent now yeah so actually you know you're better off to have five in real life friends 
than thousands of followers and things for me. And this has totally gone off topic. Sorry about it. do good and do well. But I do think, you know, do good and do well needs to be, you know, slowing down and actually just really considering and like you say, being in that moment now and, and thinking about others, not just our own gain, because so easy, mm-hmm. so easy, you know, in in today's society to just be very much self-absorbed. Um and striving because there's so much out there, you know, you must have seven figures, eight figures, six figures, whatever it is. And these, yeah. these, these goals and objectives. And as you say, you know, the, the people you make work with are big, you know, change makers. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all want to change the world. But yeah, I, I think I've come to realize that it's got to be on a much more local level initially, you know, and mm-hmm. hopefully it's the ripple effect then. Yeah. And it's moving that needle, whether that's mm-hmm. in a, you know, what, and that can mean anything you know I often say that it might be that you are someone who wants to change all the systems and structures I mean of course we all want that but Mm. um you know also what's possible and that might be within your local community that might be for you know particular group of people like business owners it might Mm. be for a particular sector the museum sector or the education whatever it is but I think there's something about getting a real clarity on that you know what is the bit that you are focusing on and not spreading yourself too thin being really present within that slowing down within that and then intentionally deciding how you're going to connect with people about that and if you know that might be social media but if that's something that you absolutely hate doing which there are many of us then what are the other things that you that you can do so before we're sort of coming to the end, it feels like it's gone really quick. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, are there any other kind of top tips or or things that you would suggest to people? You know, if they come off this thinking, right, actually, I really don't want to engage with social media anymore. Like, what would you suggest being their first their first steps? Um, first thing is, I want you to acknowledge that it's going to be hard. It's like giving up. You know, when you go on a diet and you're like, I'm going to give up all sugar or I'm going to quit <laughs> alcohol or I'm going to do all these things, you know, and how difficult that can be because it's an addiction. And I just want you to kind of acknowledge that your brain is going to bite you and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You may relapse. I say relapse and be like, go <laughs> back on. Um, so, yeah. So I just want you to acknowledge and be okay that you are going to go through a whole array of different emotions and feelings and that's okay but lean into sort of what is going on for you journal I think journaling is so great like get those thoughts out about like why do you want to come off like what is that drive what is your what is your why like and that reason um and then you know I'm not saying come off tomorrow unless you don't have any like business for example coming through social media if you know if it's just a personal thing you say like just let the world know and you can keep your your profile's live, but, you know, not going on and just sort of as a digital business card type thing and saying, or or, or personal business card saying, you know, connect with me here. Um, I'm not checking mm. social media out anymore. Or as a business, you know, check me out here or here's a link. Um, as a business, the first thing I would say is look to your data, your stats. Where are your clients really coming from? Because actually, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily find us via social media. They hear about us, see us, you know, via something else and then might go and check us out on social media. And I say, you know, that's the best way to do it. Um, I have a lot of people who might still, designers who 
use social, uh, Instagram because it's very visual, but they don't use that as a way to really attract people. It's there for people to go and check them out in terms of their work, credibility. A showcase, mm. a, showcase a portfolio, mm. a shop front, mm. yeah, shop window. Um, so, yeah, think about how you want to use it, if you do still want to use it and have that presence, as I said, depending on what your your business is. And set yourself a plan, you know, what time frame do you want to be off social media? What feels like realistic and good that's not going to impact on your income negatively, you know, or how much can you kind of say if 100% of your business does come through social media, can you afford to get to the point of 80% of it coming through another means and kind of lose that 20% and come off social media at that point? Because that feels right to you, you know, set those parameters of like, what's, what's the goal? Where do you need to be at to, to to be able to leave um mm. but absolutely like lean into like that intuition lean into the data you know it's got to be both things and uh, you know you really need to understand why you want to be off social media what's the driving force it's like anything isn't it you know any habits we want to to create like what is the why why do you want that habit what's the reason mm. because if we don't know that we won't have the driving force to 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 go through with it and actually see it through yeah yeah, and I suppose I would add to that. There's a, you know, that question of if you don't want social media in your life, what do you want instead? Yeah. And if you're saying no to that, what are you saying yes to? Yeah. You know, that can help with motivation if we remember if it, we're, that we're getting that like, oh God, I want to check. I just need to check my phone and pick it up for the 400th time today. Yeah. Um, you know, remembering no, I'm saying no to that because I'm also saying yes to whatever, whatever. And I was just thinking about you know when you were talking so a lot of the people that might be listening to this run projects get funding all of that yep. kind of stuff and I think what you said about you know it's not necessarily about coming off social media completely but how can you how can you use social media to serve you and having that you know on your Instagram your top eight posts or whatever just yeah. demonstrating your best projects or yeah. so that if you have got funders or anyone coming via that way yes as you say, it's like that shop front, isn't it? And it yeah. doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, but it's about being really intentional and testing it out, trying it out and seeing what works for you. And if you like, I went off Instagram for a bit and then I was like, oh, I kind of miss it. So I went back on again, but now I'm much more, yeah, I, I don't sort of scroll as much now, but just always thinking, what do I want? And seeking your own counsel, I think is so... Mm yeah so important um thank you I mean there's so many things we haven't talked about as always <laughs> um but so much has resonated and you've been really generous with your knowledge and 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 your stories um how can people find out more then how can we connect with you well obviously I'm not on social media so don't go and look for me there <laughs> um Come on over to my website, vivguy.com, and there's lots of different ways you can connect with me on there. You can download different free resources. You can listen to the podcast. You can message me um, or drop me an email. I will always reply, um, hello at vivguy.com. Brilliant. I love it. By the way, go and have a look at Viv's website, if nothing, just for the photos, <laughs> because I love your photos. They just... I. You know, I've known you for a, a what, probably about a year, I guess, and we started working a long, maybe longer than that. Yeah, probably more than more than that, a year, I think. Yeah. And so, um, it's just such a great way 
where you can see a personality shining through a website is so I love it I think it's really good um thank you so much pleasure thank Thank you you so much for having me here and the dog stayed quiet throughout she's not moved I think I saw a poor twitch a couple of times but that was it Everyone, if you're listening on the podcast, I have the dog on the sofa. You'll be able to see this on YouTube if you're watching. But yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of zoning Adrian yoga woman with her dog Benji. This is what I'm aiming for. Um thank, thank you, Viv. Sarah. It's been great. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Viv. And can I just say a special thank you to my dog, Pim, for not making loads of noise. She tends to be around when I'm running my coaching sessions. She's a very chilled out presence um, within the space. I normally kick her out when it's the podcast interviews, but I kept her in today and she was brilliant. Um, So just a, a big thank you to her. If you are interested in any of the things that Viv and I mentioned, I will put all of the links in the show notes. I'll put the link to her guides and there's some stuff around archetypes in there as well. If you would like to have a conversation with me about how I can help you grow a financially sustainable business and still have lasting impact, then do get in touch. There are various ways. I am on social media on pretty much all of them. So you can come and find me. My handle is at Sarah Fox Coach, or you can send me an email on and Sarah at Sarah Take care.